random sampling of questions for this week, and again, you'll tell me which ones to, uh, to talk about first. First of all, last week when I was here, someone came up to me and asked me the following, Shaila. They said that uh, they split a babysitter with somebody, apparently, when, uh, well, certainly when a young couple has a baby and uh, it's only one child, it's not that hard to look after, depending on the kid, not always that hard to look after <laughs> one child. So sometimes it's very expensive to hire a babysitter full time, but you know, the wife is working, the husband's working, everyone's very busy. So they split a ba- babysitter with somebody. And the way it works is the babysitter watches two children, one from family A and one from family B. And they, uh, and the, the, half the time they spend in that one's house and the other half of the days of the week they spend in the other one's house and they bring the baby to the, uh, the, you know, the, young, the young kid to the other person's house. So the um, so they, they split a babysitter with someone and their child was in the other person's house and while they were in the other person's house, the baby uh, vomited all over the brand new dining room chair. I assume not all the chairs, the chair, one of the dining room chairs. And that dining room chair needed to be replaced. So they wanted to know what their, well, they tied the dining room chair didn't need to be replaced, just needed to be washed. But the Balabas says, no, you can't get throw up out of anything. You gotta, you gotta replace the chair. So they wanted to replace the chair. So they wanted to know what, if anything, is their responsibility to pay for their babies vomiting all over the dining room chair. So that was. That the kid threw up? Yeah, babies do that sometimes. No, I don't think. It, uh, maybe the babysitter just stuffed the kid with candy. I hear. It could be that the, uh, sometimes the kid is getting whiny. You know, you just feed him chocolate chips all day. And the uh, next thing you know, he's eating three bags of chocolate chips. And then, okay, that's something to consider. Maybe it's the babysitter's fault. We'll have to talk about that. Uh, so that's Shiloh number one. Shiloh number two, one of my uh, 11th grade told me, didn't tell me that he was sitting in Shul and Shabbos, and as he's sitting in Shul, someone sits down next to him. He was sitting in his regular Makam Kavua that he always sits in. Someone sits down next to him, and the person sitting next to him was the loudest davener he's ever heard in his entire life. He couldn't focus, he couldn't think, he couldn't daven. It was just, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was just too much. So he wanted to know, um, is he? What does he do about that? Does he? Uh, is he is, should he move his seat? It's his makom kavua. Should he leave his makom kavua? Is it better to shush the guy? Is the uh, what's the the appropriate course of action? Should he try to outscream him? Sometimes you try that. If you outscream him, you'll, you won't you won't hear. So uh, so what's the appropriate course of action? That is Shiloh number two. Shiloh number three also come from from an eleventh grader, but I'm gonna I'm gonna alter it a little bit. Um, one of my 11th graders asked me if it's permissible to uh, seek employment as a pen tester. Anyone know what that is? So I assume it meant a guy who tests pens. And I'm thinking, like, you know, you're in 11th grade, I would imagine the pen industry is on its way out, you know, with everything being electronic. I, I wouldn't, like, want to invest my future in the, the pen industry. He said, no, no, a pen tester is short for a penetration tester. The, the idea is that a company... Uh, who's not sure about their cybersecurity will hire a geek, will hire a hacker to come into their company and test how weak their system is. How do they test it? They try to hack into the company emails, they try to hack into whatever they can, see what sort of sensitive information they can find that might be out there that they that that uh, that isn't you know that, that isn't supposed to be found, and they do this in two ways. One is through their computer know-how, through hacking, and the other way is by uh, by by going over to random people in their cubicles, saying, "Hi, I'm with IT. I just need to do something on your computer. What's your password?" And seeing how quickly people are willing to give up their passwords, so sort of like a a social pressure that they try to create. So you want to know if it's permissible to seek employment as this kind of, of, of a 
and tester. So uh, that just got me thinking in general about um, these kinds of things where you're putting a person in a position, you're dafka trying to trip a person up for some sort of, uh, of, of, of toelas for your job. I sort of Zilberstein, maybe, maybe we'll focus on this, this Shiloh also, sort of Zilberstein had a Shiloh in his monthly pamphlet of a fellow who wanted to hire someone for what I would assume is, let's say, a sales position. A position, sales position requires a lot of patience because customers are sometimes annoying. So if you're going to be in sales, you have to have a lot of patience and always be nice and the customer is always right and you, know, you, have to, you have to know how to, know how to sell things. So uh, they, they were looking for someone with incredible patience. So they took out an ad in the newspaper looking for someone with a great deal of savlanut. Please uh, apply. If, you, uh, if it's you know, not the right personality, you need not apply. But how are you going to tell? You're going to interview somebody for, what, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour. You're really going to know the person could, could be faking it. You don't know. that. that, that I think we maybe mentioned last week. A person could fake it for a short amount of time. You, you spend a month with them, you can't fake it for a month. But for a short amount of time, a person could fake it. So he came up with the following brilliant etza. He had 20 people apply for the job. They, they all, he scheduled the interview for all of them at exactly the same time. So they're all sitting in the waiting room, and he uh, turns up the heat in the waiting room to like 82 degrees, and he, he plants a nudnik in the waiting room to just annoy everybody there, to like, uh, you know, whatever, to, what's your name, is that real, is that, was that made out? You know, just to constantly an- annoy everyone in the waiting room, and he's sitting there watching on the, uh, on the security camera how everyone's reacting. So he's got 20 people waiting, and he keeps them there for like two hours waiting in heat with this nudnik going around from person to person just annoy, an, annoying everybody. So whoever doesn't you know, throw a punch essentially is the most patient person. So everyone at some point or another loses it except for one guy. So he calls in that one guy, he interviews him, this guy's a tzaddik, he's a saint, he's unbelievable. He says, okay, you're hired, you got the job. He goes back out to the waiting room, says everyone else, you're free to go, the position has been filled. What do you mean? We've been sitting here for two hours, we're schmitzing. Oh no, your interview actually started two hours ago, you all failed. And he explained uh, what he had done. And they said, that's usr, you're not allowed to do that. Because, you know, you're, it's lifnaivar. You're causing us to get angry for no reason. So, uh, you know, for just, just for your own kicks or for your own, for your own benefit, that's lifnaivar. That's not, that's not a fair game. That's not a fair way to conduct an interview. So that reminded me a little bit of Pentester Shiloh. Pentester Shiloh is actually much less of a Shiloh than that one. But that, that reminded me of that again. So, okay, so we have three Shilohs. What were they again? The baby throws up on the furniture. So is the parent responsible for the baby throw up? Shiloh number two, the loud davener sitting next to you. And Shiloh number three, the pen tester slash uh, strange interview um, question. Any uh, preference which one we attack first? Loud well, davener is most practical. Okay, I think we're getting... Oh, right. Okay, so loud davener, loud davener will probably take, take the, uh, the shortest amount of time actually to deal with. So we might actually get to one of the others if we do the loud davener. So let's, let's deal with that one first anyway. So loud davener is interesting. First thing you have to figure out is, is he supposed to be davening loudly? Or is he not supposed to be davening loudly? Meaning, is that, is that a desirable thing? Is he, if he's doing something wrong, it's much easier to correct him than if he's doing something right because you're not supposed to correct people who are doing something right. 
So uh, the, one one may be mechalik between Shmona Esrei versus the rest of uh, the rest of Tefillah. Certainly during Shmona Esrei we can confidently say that he's doing something wrong. They are not supposed to daven loudly. If if in fact this fellow was davening loudly during Shmona Esrei, he's certainly not supposed to daven loudly during Shmona Esrei. The uh, Gemara says in Masechus Brachos that we learn so many halachos of Tefillah. From Chana and uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the Shulchan Aruch paskins that uh, that Lo Yispalo Belibo Levad Shulchan Aruch and Simcha Valif Siv Beis in Orachayim person shouldn't just daven in their hearts Ela Mechate Chadvarim B'Svasav you do need to formulate the words with your lips Umashmiel LaAznav Belachash and you should hear what you're saying quietly Velo Yashmiya Kolo but you should not. You should not be mashmiya kolo. One should not should not daven loudly. So that is the halach in Shulchan Aruch when it comes to Shmona Esrei. A person is uh, is supposed to daven Shmona Esrei loud enough that he can hear it, but not loud enough that anybody that anybody else could could hear it. This is derived from the pasuk in Chana about Chana and Shmuel Aleph, Perak Aleph, the Chana he medaberes aliba raksvoselnaos. The Chana was speaking uh, aliba. Her lips were moving. Vakolalo yisham. Her 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 voice cannot be heard. And that that tefila worked out pretty well for her. She ended up with the Shmuel. So we use that as a model for tefila. Eli thinks she's a shikara. We know the whole story. Fine, wonderful. So the Gemara derives from that story of Chana that a person is supposed to daven quite. Says but let's say you have trouble having kavana. It's sometimes very difficult to have kavana when you're completely silent. So then you're allowed to be magbiakolo. Then you're allowed to be a little bit louder. But that's only if no one else is around. It's never mutter to be magbiakolo betzibur. The asil mitrad tzibura, because that's going to disrupt other people's tefillah, and you don't have the right to disrupt other people's tefillah. And Ramah writes, If you want to daven loudly so that the people in your house could learn how to daven, first of all, they'd learn better how to daven if you went to a minion, and then they would know that they're supposed to go to a minion. But let's say you're davening at home, and you're uh, and you want to, you want to teach your children how to say all the words properly, because the children think they you you watch children as they progress in davening when they're in like uh, first grade second grade maybe third grade they they're learning how to say all the words and they're working on in school how to say all the words so they're saying slowly carefully every word then by about fourth fifth grade definitely sixth grade they uh they, they realize that no one does that. Everyone just takes three steps, takes three steps, and then takes three steps. So they, they finish way faster than they could possibly say the words because they're not actually trying to say anything. They're just doing what the adults do. They're doing what, or what they perceive the adults to be doing. Their perception is they don't hear anyone say, saying any words. In school, they're all out loud and saying it together. And in, in shul, it looks like everyone just, you know, fakes it for a few minutes and then uh, takes a few steps back. So they do the same thing. And then hopefully, ultimately, it swings back around as they mature and they come back to actually saying the words again. So you want to teach the children that, no, we actually say the words when we when it looks like, and maybe we're able to do it a little bit faster than a third grader has a grand total of one year experience saying all these words. We've been doing it for a long time, so maybe we're able to do it a little bit faster. But we are talk actually saying all of the, you're not supposed to do it fast, but we're saying all the words. So you want to teach that Ramah says that's okay. You're allowed to daven out loud in that in that situation. So the the halacha is it's supposed to be loud enough that you hear it, not loud enough that anybody else hears it. Uh, Rav Shachter always told us Rav Salvechik when he would daven thought he was doing that. 
it's, it's very hard to, to, to gauge sometimes for yourself. You think you hear it and nobody else hears it. Apparently, his silence from yesterday was not so silent. Everyone heard his, his silence from yesterday. It was loud enough for everybody to hear it. Okay, no one's going to tell Rosalvechik, hey, keep it down. You know, they, they, let him, uh, they, they, they let him be. So for, for a silence from yesterday, it would seem that certainly the person's not doing the right thing by davening loudly. And it's appropriate to tell him that he's not doing the right thing. Yeah. If, uh, like we're talking like let's say Kedusha in those type of situations, there's some like evidence shuls where like there's that one guy who thinks he has the most amazing voice in the world who just belches it out and like two people next to him like their ears are like ringing. Like is that like is it is that so okay so right? l- 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 we're still on Shmonasir so let's get when we get to the other parts of Tefillah which we'll do right now. Um, even if the guy's doing the wrong thing, the next part is how do you deal with it. I mean, do you, 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 you have to, in general, tochah is a very difficult thing. There is a mitzvah in the Torah that you're supposed to be mochiach, a person, when they're doing something wrong, um, when they're doing something incorrectly, but you have to do it very delicately. People do no longer know how to give tochacha. They quote Shem Chazanish, and in our generation, no one knows how to give tochacha, and certainly people don't know how to be makabalit anymore. It's very, uh, people get very insulted very easily. You know, sometimes uh, I was, I was, uh, someone said to me, you know, you have to be delicate how you deal with that person. He's very sensitive. One thing I learned so far in uh, my 15 years of Rabbanus, everybody's very sensitive. There's no, uh, this person's, everybody's very sensitive. It's just, that's the way we are. The constitution that our generation has, you know, our constitution is not quite as strong as I would imagine in previous generations. People are very, very sensitive. So it has to be dealt with very carefully. I had a situation once where someone was eating at someone else's house for lunch, and the people were fine b'nei Torah, wonderful people, and wanted to do right, but it was obvious that they didn't know the halachas of how to warm up food on Shabbos. So what do I do? But the guests wanted to know, what do I do? I'm going to tell them they're very sensitive, because everybody's very sensitive. But they, they really are going to want to know what to do, so it's going to hurt them to hear it, but they're really going to want to know to do the right thing, and certainly they don't want to, they, they wouldn't want to find out later that all the guests are uncomfortable and not sure what they're allowed to eat, and what they're not allowed to eat, and they certainly don't want to find out that they're, that they're, they're doing an Avera, so, you know, the, the easy way is put it on the rabbi, <laughs> tell the rabbi, so, but it doesn't always work, people are very sensitive, when the rabbi calls them out, sometimes it's much worse than when a friend says, oh, I think I heard in a shir somewhere, I don't know, I'm not a rabbi or anything, but I think I heard in a shir somewhere that really you're not supposed to cook on Shabbos. And uh, <laughs> oh, really? Why? I didn't know there was such a thing. And then they'll, they'll look into it and they'll figure it out. And they'll, you know, they'll, then they'll maybe consult with the rabbi. Yeah, you should really ask the rabbi about that. So something like that. Or the rabbi can give a shir about it. And they'll, uh, you know, if uh, so the person wants to go over to the rabbi and say, maybe you should give a shir about the, how audibly uh, one, one should one should daven, so the rabbi could say, you know, uh, nobody should really be talking too loud in their tefillah, and that way the person will uh, will, will get the, no one requested that I gave this. You know, this is, so, um, what about the rest of tefillah? So the rest of tefillah, I, I have like this ongoing debate with a friend of mine. The rest of tefillah, that friend of mine says that that the ideal um, uh, the, the 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 ideal atmosphere for tefillah is silence. That it should be it should be like a library. You should walk in and it should be absolute silent. And, and his raya is what the Mishaburah says. Mishaburah says that on this halacha, Sim Kofalit, which says you're not supposed to daven loudly, Mishaburah says, Va'afilu bipsuke dizimra, tov shalolaharim kal. Even in psuke dizimra, don't raise your voice, kekorosh baruchu shomea belachash. Because Hashem here is belachash as well. So really there are a couple of dinim over here. There's the din that Chana davened quietly. So that's a din in Shmonasri. So we daven quietly. 
Then there's another din that it shows a chisar in amuna. The Gemara also talks about this. It's like minaviyah sheker. It shows a chisar in amuna as if to say, oh, if I scream really loudly, then Hashem will hear. But otherwise, Hashem won't hear. Hashem is bochil levavos. Hashem knows exactly what's in your heart. You don't have to scream loudly for Hashem to hear. So it shows a chisar in amuna when a person davas loudly. So, so this chaver of mine wants to say that that's you know the 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 cards they they keep handing out in different places. Stop the talking. That uh, everything. Stop the talking. And even don't talk to Hashem too loudly. Everyone should talk very, very quietly in tefillah. I, I personally strongly disagree with that. I don't think that's the ideal atmosphere for tefillah. Hashem is both from the level, so you can hear whatever volume is talking at all. So it could be to, to be more kavana for yourself. What? Right, right. Okay, good. So, but how loud? Right, so loud enough for others to hear. So I think if you walk into a shul, there there are three types of shuls. Uh, you know, I mean, there there are a lot more. But some some shuls, some shuls you walk into and it's loud because everyone's talking, everyone's uh, doing other things, talking about other things. Uh, you know, and obviously that comes in different degradations. Some people, some some shuls are really bad. Some shuls are only somewhat bad. Some shuls the talking is only uh, you know um, not during birchus kriyas shmanshman. I say some shuls it's even then. Okay, whatever. But that, that's one type of shul where they, it's allowed because there's talking. Then you have a shul where they usually it's because they just had some major campaign about stop the talking and it's just silent. And you walk in and it's silent. You can't really tell if there's davening going on, but there's there's no talking going on either. So that, that doesn't feel right either. Then there are some shuls where you go and there's like there's a hum of, of tefillah. There's like a murmur of, of tefillah that you hear a, a, a room full of people davening. No one voice screaming over the rest, but you hear it feels like it's alive. Like you come in, it doesn't feel like a library. It feels like it's alive. Mostly in, in yeshivas you find like this, but there are shuls like this also. It's not that, uh, you know, uh, the guys, as soon as they leave yeshiva, forget everything, uh, you know, about how to daven and how to learn and everything else. You should know that there are a lot of very fine balabatim who know what they're doing and they know, uh, they know how to daven and they know how to learn. So they, they, you, you go into the shul. To, to me, that's, that's, the most, uh, that, that's the most ideal. Again, not doing Shemona Shmonasrei is supposed to be silent. That's something that's our tradition. That's what we learned from Chana, only loud enough that you could hear that no one else could hear. But Pesuket de Zimra, what are they? They're Pesuket de Zimra. It's supposed to be done in a nice, uh, nice voice, in a way that you're menagin properly, that you uh, that you say it in a slowly and beautifully. Roshach uh, was at my house for Shabbos a couple of weeks ago, and he told me uh, after davening, he said, you know, I started I started davening ten minutes early because I figured there would be no way that I'd have time to say Pesuket de Zimra properly. But your shul actually daven's pesukah zimra at a normal pace. So I had like ten minutes. Actually, so I was shocked. I know he, he doesn't have that experience so often. I was so proud. I didn't tell him we slowed it down a little for him, but I was, <laughs> I was still very, very proud. Um, the Orach Hashulchan, in fact, writes Masha Olam Omrim Slichos Upiyutim Kol Ram Ink Peda. The fact that the Olam says Slichos and Piyutim Kol Ram that's not a problem. The Orach Hashulchan Kuf Aleph Os Os Ches. It's only where we're nervous about this because you're only the Melech. I will share tefillas with Tachtunim less than Bab. The Adaraba Kedela Orer Halavavos who told Yosef. And he says, and it, 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 it helps with kavana, and therefore it's better to daven audibly. Right. 
the Shapir Dami. Certainly, when it's with a sense of joy and a sense of crying, calling out to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and praising Hashem, you have a, so this is the direct quote from the Ramban that uh, that tefillah is supposed to be done outside of Shmona Esrei is supposed to be done with a little bit of a call so now it's a different situation you sit down in shul and you happen to do, it happens to be a shul where people are silent let's say the people are silent so this this uh, I, I'm not sure which shul this kid happens in but let's assume that uh, that that his chinuch was in uh, whatever shul he was in, that, that that what they're striving for, sometimes the, the Rabbanim are, are working so hard to stop the talking that they forget about emphasizing what tefillah is. They talk about what you shouldn't do. I have a major problem with the, like all that, that whole uh, mahalich. People generally aren't inspired when you tell them how bad they are and when you tell them what they're doing wrong. It doesn't inspire people to better tefillah. What inspires them is show them how beautiful tefillah is. Show them how to have a daven properly and how amazing tefillah can be. That typically inspires, or you have a better chance of inspiring people to, to better tefillah. But a lot of times, in a lot of the places, the chinuch is, just be quiet, just be quiet, just be quiet. So the whole shul is totally quiet, and this one guy comes in, and he's, you know, straight out of uh, a yeshiva or whatever, where they daven bakal, and he's davening bakal, and he's sitting next to this kid. So he's the only one davening bakal, so now it's disruptive, because he's the only one that's, that's doing it. So what do you do in that situation? He's not technically doing anything wrong, so it's more difficult to be mochiachim if he's not doing anything anything wrong. So if it's shmona esrei, so really technically you should be mochiachim in the nicest possible way. Figure out a way to maybe, especially if it's going to be if it's a one-time thing, probably let it go. But if it's going to be an ongoing thing, he's going to come every single week. You should probably you know let him know that shmona esrei is the kind of thing that we say quietly and figure out a nice way to say it, depending on the situation. But if it's the rest of davening, he's really not doing anything wrong. So it may be disrupting you, but he's not doing anything wrong. So I don't think you have the right to be mochiachim. So maybe you have to change your makom kavua. Now, we, we do hold that a person has to have a makom kavua in davening. That's also Allah in Shulchan Aruch. Where does Shulchan Aruch say that? In Simon Sadi, I think. Shulchan Aruch says, this, uh, I mean, it's a sugya in Misafis Brachas, that, uh, that a person should, uh, should always make sure that, uh, that he has a makom kavua to follow, that he has a, a makom kavua to daven. Yeah. That tzarich uh, uh, no where is it? Yikava makom simin sadi sif yutes yikava makom l'tefilah so shaloi shanehu imlol tzarich. Don't change your makom kavua unless there's a tzarich to do so. To do so, die b'machshi yikvalo beisaknes l'spala gam b'beisaknes shakavua ba tzarich shiela makom kavua. It's appropriate to have a makom kavua unless there's a tzarich. A tzarich might be that you're 25 minutes late. And the guy who came on time, who is a guest, is sitting in your seat. By the time you get there, then you probably forfeit the rights to throw him out of your seat and say, oh, it's my makam kavua. If maybe if you cared that much about tefillah, maybe you'd show up on time, and then it wouldn't be, uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be pulled the makam kavua card on the, on the guy that he, has to, that he has to move. But it is appropriate, it is important to have a makam kavua. In fact, the Gemara says some very nice things about a person's kovea makam tefillah. So, say that in heyanav, heychasit, amidashalav amavinu, all sorts of beautiful things about his amnivus and his chasidus, just for being kovea makam tefillah, not bad, right? That uh, just for being kovea makam, you get all those nice compliments. So it's a really wonderful thing to be kovea makam. But if you're not able to concentrate, remember we discussed a while back with the squirrel, uh, Shaila, and, uh, <laughs> and Roshana, that you're even allowed to walk away during Shemona Esrei if, if your kavana is really messed up. If something's really distracting you and you're not able to have kavana, even if you're in the middle of Shemona Esrei, you're not allowed to talk, but you're allowed to walk away to a place where you're going to be able to 
to focus better. So certainly, if you're not in Shmon you're just walking away from your Makam Kavua, I would think that a person has the right to do that. Yeah? What if the person is like exceptionally loud? Everyone else is talking. Yeah, so that's certainly not appropriate. That all posts could say that he shouldn't be exceptionally loud. Then he's doing something wrong. So then we go back to having to figure out how to, how to give that Musr. It's a challenge, but i probably got to give that Musr one way or the other. Okay, so that was Shaila number one. We still have time for a few more, for at least one more. Um, which which other one did you want? The uh, baby throwing up or the uh, the testing the the testing? Okay, so so all right. The 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 pen tester Shaila is a little bit different than the Rav Zilberstein Shaila of the guy doing the interview because the pen tester Shaila was the pen tester Shaila. The, the guy wants to know: Can he be in a business where he's hacking people's emails and he is? And he is uh, trying to get them to be nichshal. He's trying to get them to give away passwords that they're not supposed to give away. Right? What? Is he doing it to itself to see if it's penetrable, or doing it to other people? He's doing it to other people's emails. That's his own company. That's his own company? No, it's his own company. All the employees of that company. The company may have, I don't know, 500 people that work in that office. They hired him to. And they hired him to hack into see because the company wants to make sure that they're secure. This 11th grader tells me that such a job exists. I have no idea. I mean, I, I trust him because he knows these kinds of things. It's one of, you know, there's always that kid that knows these, that knows these things. Will they get in trouble for giving you the password? Will they get in trouble? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there would be a difference. Right, because, okay, so that might be an issue that you're, you're good. They shouldn't be giving away. The, the guy said he's with IT, but like it shouldn't be so easy. You should let me see your badge. Let uh, me see whatever. The policy not to give away the password if that's what they're trying to. Oh, okay, right. So, 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 what are the issues over here? What, 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 what potential isurim is this person violating in the course of his day-to-day job? What? He's being machshul people, right? So lifneiver, because lifneiver means not only be machshul someone doing avera, is to give eitzara. So to tell someone to give you their password when they're not really supposed to give you their password is lo right? It's like giving him bad advice. It's like giving him bad business advice. So that might be lifnei vershayla. You're asking them for their password so that you can say change your password and make it something good and don't tell anyone. Uh, okay, so there's toelas. The question is, is toelas a, a valid a valid heter for lifnei Toelas works for lashon hara. So does toelas work? How many other averos does toelas does toelas work for? Oh, you're saying it makes him not an Eitzara. No, but for that person himself, he shouldn't be giving out his password. So you're doing it to report back to the company that you should know that your employees aren't protective enough of their passwords. So that the company can teach the employees don't give away passwords. Right, but for him himself, they 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 might you know say you know if let's say he's the only one that gives it away you know or he's one of a handful they're going to say look it's the, the company's not doing anything wrong these employees are fools and you know they, they don't know what they're doing so it could reflect very very poorly on him um so it's potentially lift naive question you go and saying i'm with it now give me i need to clean something up on your computer on your computer give me a password uh, what else you're reading through people's emails what's that no, it's not just logging and see what you can. You find sensitive information in the emails. You see you what kind of sensitive information comes up. That's the way the kid described it to me. To, uh, you not just that you gain access to the emails, but what kind of information that means you've gained access to. It's not just now I know what you think the Jets are going to do this Sunday. It's that I, I, I know because you were emailing a coworker about this, that, or the other thing, 
So now, now uh, look, and they, they could they could go to the CEO of the company and say, or CTO, whoever's in charge, of this, and say, uh, this this is what, this is the kind of information I was able to, to pull out of the emails from, I from your employees. They signed away their privacy. No, they didn't. Ah, so 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 that's why I thought it wasn't much of a shadow. I, I, when I mentioned this in shul, um, a whole bunch of people came over to me and said, on day one, day one, they tell you anything you do on your computer at work is ours. Meaning we will be able to see it. We will be, we will monitor it. No, even your own personal Gmail account, if it's on our computer, it's ours. It's not, it's not, it's not yours. So he said, we all know that. Everyone knows that at, at, at work, at, at, in, in most workplaces. That's what people told me. You, you argue on the Matisse. They thought people think that there is a sense of privacy at work. <laughs> okay, um, so that that that's what that's what they they told me. Now, if that's the case, that would take away the chaim derbein gershom problem. The chaim derbein gershom of reading other people's mail. Now, it should be noted. Rav Shachter always points out when we say that things are a violation of chaim derbein gershom, it doesn't mean like before a gershom came along, like it was okay to be a nosy, you know, awful person who's uh, has your face in everyone else's business. No, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mean that. Most of the things in the chaim derbein gershom were usher anyway. It's just that cheirim scares people. When you, when you say something like cheirim, uh, that makes people very scared. I, some of these things might have been an Issa Daraisa. So why is that more scary than a cheirim? And why is a cheirim more scary than an Issa Daraisa? You can't, you can't figure people. Some people are just more worried about certain things than they are about other things. It's like what people know. You can't tell what people... Some of the rabbis just told me that he was speaking in shul and he said, and everyone knows the famous Gemara. And like people came over to me afterwards like, you made us feel like a bunch of idiots. What do you mean? Everyone knows the famous Gemara. I didn't know that famous Gemara either. So you don't know. You don't know what people know, what people don't know. You don't know what people take seriously, what people don't take seriously. They might not have known that it was Asr to look it up. And then Rabbi Gershom came along and he made a cherim. So now people took it more seriously. I was just in Yeshiva today. This is unbelievable. A kid, a kid was looking at, uh, at the art school Gemaras. They keep in the back hallway of uh, Yeshiva. And the, uh, and the kid was, um, was uh, I don't know, maybe ninth or 10th grader. And he pointed to Mesachas Erevin in the art school, and he said, "Is that we're learning kiddushin yeshiva?" He said, "Is that a kiddushin?" And he's pointing to the word Erevin. I'm like, "No, why would you think it's a kiddushin?" He said, "Well, that means kiddushin, right? Erevin is just another word for kiddushin." Erevin. <laughs> so, what are the chances that there will be someone that knows that there's another word for kiddushin that sounds something, like, but doesn't know that they don't just print half the kiddushins with the word erevin on the cover and half the kiddushins with the word kiddushin? On the cover? You don't know what what set of information any uh, person knows or any person happens to take seriously. So, in terms of the pentasu, if that's the case, if 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 it's understood to begin with. That that's the. Um, you're not expecting them to actually go through your mail. It's like fine for them. You're not actually, if they actually do it, you're shocked that they actually go through your mail. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm still not sure Chaim Darbin was by, by uh, sending letters initially, where it was, you know, even emails. You send an email. Do you know that people aren't forwarding that? The fine print says that no one's allowed to forward. If you sent an email from a law office or from. People forward all the time. It, it always gets gets forwarded. Uh, that's so. So uh, with emails, there may already be a less less of an assumption that people aren't going to read your. If someone is wise, they don't write objectionable things in an email to anybody, because emails can so easily be forwarded. Oh, but it's to my friend. I trust him. Yeah, today he's your friend. Next week he may need to cover his back. He may need to. In general, that that's people are have learned. 
mostly the hard way, I think, to be more more cautious about about these things. But especially if the company makes a big deal about it and tells you on your company computer, it's you know, it's 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 all it's all ours. Um, so I would think that that's not as uh, significant of a shayla. It's really more of a hashkafa question. Like someone said to me, is that what you want to spend your life doing to, to break into other people's accounts and to try to deceive people? Like what kind of Ben Torah wants to be doing that? Uh, you know, but on the other hand, you want to think like, uh, like a, a person who's uh, the Mazel Madim, the Gemara says, is born Mazel Madim. He can either be a Ratzayach or he's going to be a Shochet or a Moel or whatever. And he's going to deal with, uh, with blood. So a person who's going to be a hacker, he could either be uh, you know, a cyber terrorist or he could be, uh, or he could be someone who does this and is a Tawel Sarabim and he helps, he helps out all these companies. So okay, I can hear the Hashkafic argument uh, either way in terms of whether Hashkafically, I don't think Halachically it's really a problem. rather do this. What? Right, right, I'm saying you'd rather him do this exactly. That's a, just like you'd rather the guy who has a uh, you know a, 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 a draw to uh, to deal with blood and violence to be a shachit rather than to be an axe murderer. So we uh, we prefer those things obviously, and then you can, you can, it's part of his avodas Hashem. It's wonderful. So yeah, so I wasn't sure that, that was a shadow. I thought the more interesting shadow actually was uh, was was the the interview case uh, the Zilberstein shadow, which. Um, because it, there are multiple levels to it. First of all, there's lufna even on the on, on the cast, you know, that you're causing someone to get angry. So that's that's a very tricky lufna even. Is that lufna even when you cause someone to do to express a bad mida? Not necessarily do an avera. If he was going to actually punch someone in the face, fine. So that's you know objectively an avera. But you can cause someone to just get angry and frustrated. So is that lifne eva when you cause someone to express a bad mida versus someone to doing an aveda? So that, that, that's one. Second of all, there, there's a toelus over here. This is the best way to find out who has patience and who doesn't. Who's going to deal best with, with the customers? And you're running a business. You want someone who's going to deal very well with customers. I was just in a store that I frequent the other day, and it, it happens to be the salesperson is there all the time. Is it very nasty fellow? He's mean to everybody. He's just like a very and one of the one of his favorite shticks is if if he finds one customer to be an idiot, he'll yeah. complain loudly to the other customers about how foolish that customer is. So you're sitting there in line and you know, he's like talking to you about, oh yeah, what do they think I am? They think I'm da da da, and you're like, I please just leave me out of this. <laughs> I really didn't ask for this. So that that you don't want that guy being your your salesperson. So there's a major twelve of here. So to what extent? That's what else have, have. And, and, and depending on the situation, let's say it's not just to be a salesperson. You're hiring him for a job to work with special needs children. So if he doesn't have a lot of patience, he can, he can, it can hurt the, the children. It's a little issue. So let's take the, the first one. Is there lifne iver on kas? So when I pose this shayla to my high school talmidim, um, we're learning Kiddushin this year. We're holding daf tezayin now. So one boy right away says... Chesem Beis. So that's impressive. I, I totally forgot what it says. I don't remember what it says in Chesem Beis. Well, what does it say in Chesem Beis? It says the, the, the Gemara talks about if a man gives Kiddushin, gives a Kesef to a woman, and she throws it into a fire. Is she Mukadesh or not? Right? The Gemara discussed this case with Kiddushin here last year. So is she Mukadesh or not when she throws it into the fire? So the Gemara says that Hava Amina, that she's really being Mekabalit, she's not rejecting it, and the reason she threw it into a fire was to test his anger, to see how, if, if, he, would, uh, if, he, if he would get angry. 
And that, that was her test to see, to see what he would do, how he would react. So you see that there's such an Indian of testing a person's anger because you need to know whether he's a, whether he's a ratchan, whether he's someone who easily gets angry. What? Well, no, it's a question whether this is in fact a Kabbalah. Oh, yeah, okay, Enochinami. But she wanted to see. She wanted to test. You know, they t- or maybe she wants to know what, what they have to work on, what she needs to fix about her new husband. So they, they used to tell the story when, when I was younger. They told the story of a girl who was on a date with a guy and he was uh, in the middle of an intersection about to make a left turn and she throws the car into the park, pulls the key out of the ignition, and they're right in the middle of the intersection and people are honking and whatever. And he turns to her and says, why did you do that? And she says, I was just testing to see how angry you get. You passed. And he's like, you failed. And he drives her off. <laughs> so the, the, that was, the, I don't think it was a true story. But that was, so that, that's basically Kiddush and Abkhaz, to test, to see whether a person, whether a person gets angry. But there's another Gemara in Kiddush that probably is more on point. Because the, the, over there, the Gemara doesn't make a definitive comment about whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. It just says that it's a thing that a person might do. So the, the, the more relevant Gemara, I can't blame the Talmudim for not knowing this, because Kiddush Alam Beis, we're not up to it yet, we're only up to Tezayim. Kiddush Alam Beis, and this is a Gemara you all know. The Gemara, I shouldn't say it. The, 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 Gemara, the Gemara says, Rav Huna, Rav Huna was tearing clothing, expensive clothing that belonged to his son, Rabbi, meaning, uh, imagine I go into my son's uh, closet, and I find his, uh, my children are Jets fans, New York Jets fans, I find his Darrell Rivas jersey, and I start, uh, oh, nice, I start tearing it right in front of him. So Ravuna did the equivalent of that, whatever, uh, I, I, I don't know what fan, what team Rabba was, was, was a fan of, but he was tearing Rabba's nice clothing in front of, in front of Rabba. Amr Ezel Echzi, I ratach, ratach. Test him. See if he gets angry, if he doesn't get angry. So Gemara says, He might get angry and you're going to violate Lifneiver. The Gemara's kasha. So Gemara says, Now he was already mochel his cover. So what's the sugya Kiddush Shalom Beis? What's the topic? Kibravein. The Shiloh there was that you're violating Lifneiver on Kibravein. Not Lifneiver and getting him angry. It was Lifneiver on Kibravein. So the, the turret was, he was mochel is covered. He was already mochel in advance, so it wasn't going to be a concern. Of so the Gemara says, I, Baltashchis, it's going to be a violation of Baltashchis, he's destroying the clothing. Well, he's ripping it on the seams, so he's not destroying the clothing. He could easily put it back together. I, if he's ripping it on the seams, then why would the kid get angry in the first place? It's so easy to put it back together. And the Gemara says, a very important, uh, a very important yesod. Now, the Gemara doesn't say he doesn't know. The Gemara says, you get him at a time where he's annoyed already where he's already upset, he's tired, he didn't get a good night's sleep, he just had a long day, things didn't go well for him at school, and he's just, he's just in one of those, you know when people are in those moods where, like if you look at them the wrong way, you don't have to really do anything, and they'll just uh, explode just because things aren't going right. So it was one of those moods, it was one of those times where he so easily, he so e- easily could have blown up, and that's when he, so, so it, it, it could have been on the seams, and the kid could have known that you could have put it back together, but normal person in that situation, in that mood, would just blow up. So he wanted to see if the kid was going to blow up, you know, and, and violate Kibra Ve'im. So he was testing him on the Kibra Ve'im, but no problem, a mochel in advance. So it's not going to be lifting either, because even if he, if he violates Kibra Ve'im, it's not really a violation, it's a mochel. Great. So ask the Chidah, ask the Birke Yosef, yeah, that's great in terms of the mitzvah of Kibra Ve'im, but what about the Yisra of, of, of getting angry? The Gemara says, Kalakois is Kilo Avira Person gets angry, it's like he's being over the Vodazara. The Aviavos of uh, all Midos Ra'os is Gaiva. 
Kas comes from Gaiva, all the Muslims for him, right? Right? Why does Kas come from Gaiva? Because what comes, where, where does Kas come from? Yeah, how, how could you do that to me? <laughs> Things are supposed to go my way. And if they don't go my way, I don't know how to react to that because they're supposed to go my way because I, I deserve them to go my way. It's all based in Gaiva. So a person is Kois, that's Gaiva, that's, that's Avodazara because Gaiva means that uh, Kodesh Baruch doesn't control me, I control everything. And I should be able to control everything. So, yeah, what about the Kas? Asks the Birkei Yosef, asks the Chida. Based on uh, the, the Ramam writes this way, Nilchus Deus, it's Kilovet of Adazar, the Gemara says. So, uh, so, what did it help? So, the, uh, the, the Chida writes that he knew that he wasn't going to get that angry. He might get a little angry, but not, not angry enough, Kilovet of Adazar kind of angry. Very interesting. You know, why not just say he's Mochel the Kas? So, he'll get angry at me. I'm Mochel. It's not for you to be mochel, right? Meaning, there's a, this is a very clearly where you see the difference between a mitzvah ben adam lechavero versus a mitzvah ben adam laatzmo. Keep it away whole discussion in chasinah mitzvah given whether it's ben adam lechavero ben adam makom. But let's assume it's on the you know it's, 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 even though it's on the right side. Let's assume it's ben adam lechavero. Let's assume it's ben adam lechavero. So it, you could be mochel ben adam lechavero, but ben adam laatzmo. Something's just like you, you, it's just a bad person. A person doesn't express these midos. When a person is expressing these midos, he's doing something wrong because he's 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 diminishing his tzelam elokim. He's not acting with the dignity of a person who has a tzelam elokim is supposed to act. So it has nothing to do with whether people are around. Imagine you're you're uh, you're watching a football game, and uh, I think I may have mentioned this story once or twice here. A Talmud of mine from many years ago told me that his grandfather played or was supposed to play in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He was a, not a from Jew. A Jew, but not a from Jew, and he was uh, recruited to play college football. And uh, he tore his ACL like the first day of practice. He never played football, but he got a good education in Notre Dame. Started up a great business, supported many kolalim and yeshivas, and all of his kids are from and whatever and wonderful. So uh, unbelievable story. Uh, how he got there? A lot, there's a lot to the story. But anyway, he said that uh, before his uncles were from. His, uh, the grandfather's sons, none of them were, for a while, um, uh, only one of them was from, and now they are, like most of them are living in Lakewood. And the, the only one that was from still lives in Woodmere, but the rest of them live in, uh, live in Lakewood. So he said one of them was driving on a Saturday afternoon uh, down the highway, and he realized, oh my gosh, the Fighting Irish are about to play, and he would never ever miss the Fighting Irish game. So he checked into a hotel along the side of the road, he, he watched the, the football game, the Fighting Irish lost. He checked out of the hotel, paid for the television and the window that he had just thrown it through. So, so the, the, he's, he's in a room all by himself, in a hotel room. The Fighting Irish lose, and he's, he's throwing things out the window. And, he's getting, and he, he pays for it. Everything's, or let's assume he doesn't throw things. He just starts banging and he starts yelling, he's like, whatever. And no one hears. No one, does that mean he's not doing anything wrong? He's still doing something wrong. But other than that, he's still doing something wrong. So what about that? What about that, Lifniyeva? So the Chidah says... In this case, you knew that he wasn't, he wasn't going to go overboard. Very interesting. So it, 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 the implication is, and if he would have gone overboard, then So to put him in an 82-degree room for two hours with a nudnik, maybe he is Because maybe he will go overboard in that situation. In, uh, in Orchus Sadikim, in the Shara Kas, the, uh, the Orchus Sadikim recommends, he says, since Kas is such a terrible midah, you should be careful to only associate people who are not ratchanin, who don't easily get angry, and it's worthwhile to test your friends in advance. <laughs> test, see if they get angry. So it sounds like, and you see, if he gets angry, as over, so then leave that person alone, you don't want to be friends with that person. 
because uh, it's not going to it's not going to end well if you try to develop a friendship with that person. Does Sounds like you're allowed to test or? something like this. What? Does it rub off on you? Or? Uh, or, mm, maybe, or maybe just it's it's not going to be a pleasant friendship. Whatever the the, the reason might be, there's there's a truth in the Torah of the Shema in Simon Shinayin about this as well. Um, Say so that that also he thinks that where, where he says he doesn't think there's an issue of the favor to get someone angry, and uh, the rayer of Zobosim brings from the Mishnah Pirkei Avos. The Mishnah says Arba Mios Bedeos, and one of them is Kasha Lichos Vinoach Lirtzos Chasid. What do we call someone who's very difficult to get him angry? He's a Chasid. Why is that Chasid? We should just call him a you know regular person. That uh, you know why why is he Chasid? If someone is he's, he's, he's it sounds like. It's understood that a regular person gets angry sometimes. You should be kasha lichos, meaning a, a normal person doesn't never get angry, but it, it shouldn't be easy to get a person angry. So someone who's uh, who never gets angry, that's not a chasid, that's a malach, that's that's like beyond. But it's understood that a person is going to be kasha lichos, and that's and that's that's a chasidus. So it could be that it's not a violation of lifna iver to get someone to express a mida that's an, an, an unworthy mida to have. Because it's not technically, strictly speaking, a formal iser, so maybe that would not be a violation of uh, of lifnei either. Uh, you know, it still rubs you the wrong way that this is the way a person would conduct an interview. But that's uh, that's that's what Rav Zilberstein had to say. He said maybe just enough to get them a little bit angry, not enough to get them uh, terribly angry. So at least even Mekayim, the chida, the bikeos over there. Okay, we didn't get to the baby throwing up Shiloh, but have a good Shabbos, everybody.